1: Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust,
0: Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for
1: exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. It's at 3 a.m. I was awoken by a bling. What fresh hell. <laughs>
0: laughing in the face of motherhood. You can't get pizza from a Chinese
1: restaurant with Margaret Abel's and Amy Wilson. Get the stuff out of the bedroom, a podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. Your girl's trip is sacred. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today we are going to
0: talk about let it go or no. You've brought (laughs) us your dilemmas and we will give you a definitive answer on whether or not you need to let it go, people. But
1: before we do that, Amy, we've got a mailbag. Oh, this is a toddler purgatory related mailbag, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're so excited about this new podcast coming very, very soon. And we have
0: two amazing hosts, Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd, ready to talk to you about all things toddlerhood. And- user on our Facebook page responded, this is fabulous. Appreciate this idea so much. Hope they are as funny and focused on being real and admitting their successes and struggles as you both have been. Wow. Thank you. High bar. High bar. <laughs> I think they will be. I mean, listen, it's a spinoff. They are Laverne and Shirley to our happy days. Old Deluxe Alert. Old Deluxe, back in my day, they are family ties to our growing pains. Oh my God, you're going the wrong way. (laughs) I know, we're just going back in time. I don't know, Amy, but I know they're
1: not the exact same show as us. But hopefully they bring you the same good vibes. Guys, the trailer is already up at toddlerpurgatory.com. You can subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you're listening right now. Right now, there's only a trailer. But if you subscribe or follow wherever you're listening, then you'll get the episodes as soon as they launch. So watch the space for further developments. Can I say before we start, I'm kind of compelled to do this. I have to do this. I have to get this off my chest that I need to say let it go or no in the Scranton accent, which is where I grew up. Please do. We would say this episode, let it go or no. That's how we'd say that. <laughs> or no. It's kind of like a Chicago. Yeah, kind of. Let it go or no. Like very flat. Yeah. So I think what we're doing this week, we're going to go through listener dilemmas and we're going to decide if they should still be mad about them or they should let them go.
0: This is correct. Okay. Amy, I'm going to say that this episode is adjacent to some other episodes we've done. Sure. It involves some husband crimes. It involves some what kind of monsters? Yep. And so, but really what we're focusing on is whether or not people need to let it go. I'm going to just start with an easy one Okay, from Stacy who says, our van is a mess. I was raised in a house with clean cars. When you left your vehicle, you removed everything you brought in. Hmm. We didn't leave much more than one small toy or maybe a pack of wipes in the car. Our van looks like a constant disaster zone. Should I give up and wait until my toddlers are older? The toddlers like are leaving extra stuff. I'm a little bit confused. why? Wait, Amy, I know you're not a driver, but why are you confused by a disgustingly messy van? I mean, I mean, the messy van
1: is a messy van. This is a universal thing. Should you let it go? Like yeah, I think this is the kind of thing you do a back- to one on like quarterly at minimum and probably like every six months. But if you want a clean minivan and you're the parent of toddlers, the toddlers aren't going to get that done for you. Amy, you are correct.
0: Absolutely correct. You must make like Elsa. You got to let this one go. You're not going to have a clean car. No, it's not going to happen. This is a back to one. Once a month. You can even do it every Sunday if you want. We basically do it in a frantic way whenever we have to go somewhere. You run out and throw everything in the trash and it's disgusting. Our van, it doesn't involve toddlers either, I hate to tell you, Stacey. It's not just toddlers. I've got a 12, 10, and 8-year-old, and my van is
1: worse than ever. But they're old enough you can get them to take trash with you, you know, like watch your head carefully and step carefully as you depart the ride. (laughs) Are they, Amy? I have not found that
0: to be the case. The other problem is I'm a slob, so I'm part of the problem not part of the
1: solution. You know, there is an alternate approach here, which is a couple years ago, I had a child from another family get in our minivan and proclaim, wow, this car is really messy. <laughs> he said, you know, with my children in the car and like, what could I do? I could say like, you know what, Federico, it is really messy. And you know, that sort of pure uh, feedback really got my kids a little more motivated. They were a little bit ashamed of their messy car. and I'm like, yeah, you guys seem to like it this way. So let's see what happens now.
0: I'm also going to come in and say that in preparing for this episode, one thing I really realized was that, Amy, we can only control ourselves. And that sometimes shifting our perspective is the key to letting it go. And Mm. Monica replied to this thread and it touched my heart. And I like Monica and everything she is and everything she stands for. Because she says, I always kind of revel in the van mess. It does feel good to clean it, but it also feels good to see how much fun we have had on our drives. Now that is a good perspective. Wow. It was a good party back there. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) wow, we really did it up. We had smart food. We had gummies. There seems to be a half of a hamburger in one of the uh, soda cup things. And we had a great time. I will say when we first bought, we bought a minivan. I bought the first new car I've ever owned in my entire life when my kids were little and we bought our first minivan. And It was so pristine and it has the buttons that open the doors. And I immediately declared that like nothing would ever defile my brand new minivan and that there would be no eating allowed in it and that, you know, no muddy shoes. Let me tell
1: you, that lasted, I'm not even going to say 12 hours. Everybody does that, though, right? You're like, this car won't get dirty. This car is different.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just think that I'm a path of least resistance. I'm like, fill it with trash. We're a rolling through the Grouch. I do get embarrassed to drop off when my kids get out and they like have like a Big Mac wrapper stuck to their shoe.
1: I just can't be bothered. It's our van is a mess. I'm letting it go, Margaret. I love this one because I'm curious what your answer is going to be. Bridget wants to know, should she let it go or no? Her husband is OCD about checking her phone to make sure her do not disturb is on before we go to bed. He hates getting woken up in the middle of the night. I can hold it up to him and show him it's on, but then I see him walk past my bedside table and check it again. I don't know why this drives me crazy, but it does. We have a great relationship and he's a wonderful husband. It's just weird and it drives me crazy. Am I crazy or should I just let it go? I have a two-part
0: answer to this, Amy, and I know the correct answer. Okay. Oh, good. You are not crazy, and yet you must let it go. That's my answer. You are not crazy. Your husband is the crazy person, but you've chosen to make a life with this person who's crazy. I have some OCD tendencies myself, and one of the great gifts in my life is that my husband does not comment on them. He just allows my crazy to exist in its peaceful, crazy lane. Yeah. And I would be completely fine with you making a joke about it. And this is how we handle these kind of incidents where my husband... I'll give you a short example that really has nothing to do with, uh, it's not quite as annoying as this, but we've been watching The Wire. We've been binging The Wire. I've never seen it before. Oh, it's so good. It's really, really good, guys. If you haven't seen The Wire, I mean, I'm not the first person to tell you The Wire is good, but it's very, very good. But when The Wire starts, the theme song comes on and my husband has said to me roughly 12 different times, this sounds like the theme song from Lauren Order." And I mean, every time the credits play, he mentions that he believes that the theme song of The Wire sounds like the theme song from Law & Order. I don't even have a vote on whether or not it does sound like the theme song from Law & Order. but. It's become a thing that like, why did he have to say that 12 times? So eventually, before the credits would play, I'd be like, honey, do you have any trenchant observations about comparisons of this song you'd like to share with us? Before we continue, let me pause it so we don't have to talk about it while the show is on. And that's how I would handle the checking of the Do Not Disturb. It's a quirk of your husband's that we don't understand. But people have annoying quirks. People got into kind of like the privacy issues. Should he be looking at your phone? I don't think he's trying to find out any information on your phone other than is this going to wake me up and he's obsessing about it. I would let it go. Yeah. I'm kind
1: of Team Bridget's husband on this because I'm thinking there probably were times that he was woken up. I mean, speaking as the spouse of somebody who has like 35 things that bing and bong and have woken me up over our many, many you know years together with smartphones and iPads and stuff like that, he tells me it's turned off. And in the morning, I'll be like, you did not turn it off. Yes, I did. I'm like, well, that's funny because at 3 a.m. I was awoken by a bling and he doesn't hear it. So I think the answer here is get the stuff out of the bedroom and... And get alarm clocks, because I think that's always the answer, saying that as somebody who had my phone next to my bed last night. But if you don't want them to check your do not disturb thing a bunch of times, then, you know, get an alarm clock.
0: But let me just tell you, as a person who obsesses about things in a very specific way, knowing that it's off does not check the box of the obsession. And so the fact that he needs to walk over and look at it is a different thing than whether or not he understands whether it's off.
1: Right. It's become part of the ritual, right? Like she has to show him and then also he has to check it I guess I understand that. Right. Can you accommodate that? You can not have it in the room where you can accommodate that. I guess I think those are my choices there.
0: Agree. We're basically saying make it a joke and then let it go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Let's talk about one that's a little hairier, Amy. Okay. We're diving into that. We're going into the thorny woods here. We have a user. I won't use her name because she said she was trying to be vague. She didn't necessarily want this to be, you know, public information. Her in-laws refuse to talk about any kind of future care situation. So she wants to sit down with her in-laws and make plans for what happens when they get too old to care for themselves and her in-laws don't want to. Should she let it go? I know the answer, but I will allow you to answer, Amy. (sighs)
1: She should let it go, even though I totally understand and would be this person in this situation. Yeah, you should let it go. Sounds like they don't want you to be in charge of that. Yeah because they don't want to talk about it, even though you probably will be in charge. But when it comes, I'm taking this out of that. Like, I'm feeling you. You're probably worried about it because you should be worried about it. However. No,
0: for sure. My take is you are 100% in the right and yet you have to let it go. And these are the ones that aren't fun. Like, yes, it is very, very difficult to be looking at taking care of people and having people who do not want that to happen. I have had this in many different scenarios. Once had an older relative who had a very beautiful singing voice. And it was kind of the thing this person was known for and something that we really cherished. And we decided it would be nice to set up a recording studio with some time and have this person sing some songs so that we would have them forever Lovely gesture. It was a lovely idea, and it's something I would have loved to have for my children. I mean, this was a a uniquely talented person, and guess what? They really didn't want to do it. And family asked them a couple of times, and it eventually became clear that for whatever reasons, probably because it felt like, we want to record you, so when you're dead, we can hear it, that didn't sit well with them for whatever reason. And so we had to back away from it, even though it was a wonderful idea, and I think... It's just an example of that. This one is hard. The one thing I would say is if it makes you feel better, you can make all of these plans by yourself. I understand that like making these plans after things have started to go wrong is very difficult, you know, and we've all been in situations like this where like once you start to see a sign of a problem, then you're super scrambling to make put stuff in place. But if people don't want to do this with you, you can't do it with them. You should stop asking them and you should make whatever plans you can with other siblings. You can research facilities where they live. You can do a ton of work on this, but don't loop them into it.
1: This reminds me of my parents with the vaccine. Like I am very much this person, right? And I can definitely like, yes, here's a problem and here's your solution. And sort of like who asked you, right? And so when there was no vaccine to be had, I was like telling my parents, like, just drive three and a half hours and there's a vaccine available a week from Tuesday. And they were sort of like, we're good. We're going to wait until we can do it locally. And I had to back off. And I did. Yes, I did scratch that itch. I did continue to look for places that they could get vaccines three and a half hours away the following Tuesday, just in case somebody might be interested. And they weren't. And they got the vaccine. And so this is a case where, yes, I think you have to be loving, hold this information you know, out there for yourself, if it makes yourself feel better, but let it go.
0: Yeah. And watch that story that we tell ourselves. And Amy and I both have this so specifically. You're right. You have it in terms of like, I've got an organizational plan and I have it in terms of I've got a fun idea. And that those things hitting walls can be very challenging for us. Right. But this is a great idea to do this recording. But this is, of course, worthwhile to drive for the vaccine. Got to watch your own story and be like, From our point of view, when we say no, it's a complete sentence. If someone else says no to you, complete sentence. You got to respect it. You don't have to respect it, but you got to let it go.
1: All right. We'll be back with more examples. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're (laughs) a pro aunt at this point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking... I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers
0: Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one.
1: Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at em. And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into.
0: You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For Trusted Protection Trust, Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand.
1: Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value.
0: Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is
1: Okay, Margaret, we're back. Olivia has something she wants to know. She should let it go or no. She says her daughter turned two in March, never had a birthday party because of the pandemic. This year, in lieu of gifts, she asked her parents and sister and grandmother to throw the daughter a party as the gift. Everybody's fully vaccinated, but infighting and ghosting has ensued, and now it's almost May and no party. Should I whip everyone into shape and force this or take it on the chin and let it go?
0: I think you should let it go, but be annoyed about it. I think that's where I would come out on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: I like where you're coming down on this because you can nurse that annoyance. And you can let it go and still nurse that annoyance if it's fun for you. I have an old, old friend. We used to be roommates like many years ago when we first moved to New York City. Uh, a guy that I went to college with, a platonic roommate relationship, and he and I see each other, you know, once every couple of months at this point, couple times a year, and he still brings up how like. 20 plus years ago, we took a cab ride with somebody. We shared a cab ride home to our neighborhood when we were like young and you know needed to split a cab three ways because you weren't going to take a cab by yourself. That would be stupid. That would be another $10. And this woman got out of a cab at her corner and was like, good night, guys. Bye. And she didn't offer to pay for her third of the cab, <laughs> which would have been like $5. This was a long time ago. And my friend has nursed that into it's like a bonsai grievance that he carries around with him and he brings it up and we laugh about it three times a year for the last two decades that Jenny owes us $5 for that time. She took a cab with us. So like that could be fun. This happened to me once I helped someone move
0: and they were like, do you want this lamp? I, I it doesn't fit. Do you want this? And I was kind of saying yes to just keep the moving going along. <laughs> and then at the end of moving, this person was like, So should we say like $200 for all that stuff? (gasps) And she tried to charge me for the things like the garbage she gave me while I helped her move for free. And yeah, I mean, I haven't let that go in my mind at three o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I still am like, let me open that up. (laughs) Ask me to pay for a lamp when I helped you move. (laughs) But I've let it go, but I'm still annoyed by it. And I mean, listen, there's an old expression, which is, you know, Stewing on these things is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It doesn't work. But listen, if you're like Gollum and you're stroking the precious, like, ah, she should have paid for that cab. Check yourself. Let it go. But if you're just constantly slightly goofing on your mind about the people who were lame, <laughs> totally fine with right. me. Slightly goofing on people who are lame. I love that. That's appropriate. That's fine. But there's a chasm, people. We know the difference, right? And listen, it's time to talk about constants and variables in our conversation, Amy. Oh, okay. All right. Because the other thing that we're hitting a lot here in a lot of these examples is my favorite expression from my Aunt Terry: You can't get pizza from a Chinese restaurant. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I see, especially I have this perspective as a slightly older person. People who are like, can you believe this person did this thing? And I always want to say, of course, I can believe that. Yeah, they do that every time. It's like, can you believe drunk Uncle Bob came to Thanksgiving drunk? Yes, I can. Because he's drunk Uncle Bob. What does he do? He comes places drunk. Like You have to make the choice to invite him or to handle him drunk. Yep. But there is no lane that is have drunk Uncle Bob over and have him not
1: be drunk. There is no lane where like my therapist told me once and it was like, it was the best advice I ever got from this person. Like, don't be mad or resentful at somebody for doing exactly the thing that you could have predicted they would do. That, oh man, is that the key to happiness, friends? Right? So I don't know about Olivia's family not planning this Girls birthday party, even though they kind of said they would, but if they have a habit of letting you down and dropping the ball on stuff like this, then don't be surprised about that. And if you want to have a birthday party for your kid, then it sounds like you need to plan it.
0: Yeah. And I think it's fine to go back and say, Oh, I think my kid was kind of disappointed because we, you know, kept promising this party, but at this point, we're just going to move on to something else and maybe we'll do it a different time. Leave the ball in their court and put a check next to like cannot be relied on for plans. Listen. Yeah, A bunch of people wrote in about sisters and moms who have consistently let them down in their lives. Oh boy! And I don't mean to be facile about this of like, well, their pizza, Chinese restaurant, sorry. You have to take some time to mourn people who can't be who you want them to be. And I was writing in my notes. And one of the things I wrote down, because Amy always says, parent the child you have, which means, you know, don't expect a kid who's good at you know, this to be the kid you always wanted to be the quarterback of the football team. (laughs) It kind of means you can't get pizza from a Chinese restaurant. (laughs) I should say that. Right. Yeah. Parent the kid you have. Right. But also be the kid to the parents you have, you know? And I think that that's something that can be really hard for us is this feeling of, well, I want, listen, my mom and I were great pals. She was a saint, but I knew not to go to her with certain things because I knew what her perspective would be. And if I didn't want that perspective, she was not the right person to go to with certain problems. You know, my mom was very frank and direct. And if I wanted to be like, I need someone to tell me this is all going to be okay. I Mm. knew that wasn't my mom, you know, because my mom was a person who was like, here's the problem. Here's just how bad it is. Let's analyze it. And sometimes that's not what I was looking for. Yeah. Important and hard. Let's do this one. It's more of a husband crime. Okay. We're here for those, by the way. We're always here for those. It's from Carrie. It's a little bit long, but let's dive in, Amy. Okay. My husband thinks it's fine to tack on a visit with his parents onto the end of a girls weekend I have coming up. The first... In the five years since my older daughter was born, this would mean that instead of flying up, enjoying the weekend, flying back, I would skip my return flight, drive six hours to his parents' house, visit his whole family, then join him for a two-day drive home with our five and two-year-old. I think this will negate the point of the girls' trip, and he thinks this is being efficient and saving us money
1: because we won't have to do two trips. What do you say? Can he pay for a flight to the six-hour-away place? I'm assuming if you have to drive six hours, it's because it wouldn't be practical to fly there? I'm going to give this whole thing a heck no, Amy. This is a no for me. Your girl's
0: trip is sacred. Tell your husband, even if it costs a little bit more money, my girl's trip is in a sacred circle. I'm not doing anything else.
1: You know, it occurs to me, like, yeah, you can definitely do that. And then there might be on the other side, like, oh, well... You know, uh, Amy could have come, but, you know, she flew home with us. No, so she's not here. And there might be some people who don't like that. And you also have to let that go. A hundred percent. Right. And
0: let me tell you, if you're the daughter-in-law who's always like, oh, well, she, you're not getting out of that role. So just do what works for you. And I would operate, we always say, operate from your point of maximum generosity But a girl's weekend, yeah, this is a hard no for me. Don't let it go. Okay. This ties in for me with Lindsay. My husband is extremely frugal with money, nags at me to turn off lights, the fan stereo, but he tends to spend absurd amounts of money on things I don't think are necessities. For example, building a pool, he wanted a bubbler water feature on the reef that was $200. (laughs) Like This is where, listen, if you guys are at, bare bones. There is no spare money in the budget. We can't have a discussion. You got to do what you can do to get through the day. Right. No bubbler, no reef. No reef. But this is the thing. And I have had this conversation with my spouse many a time. And I remember at some point I sat down and we were doing some budgeting and I said, this is how much my hair costs and it's a fixed cost. Mm. I'm not going to have a conversation every time I go to get my hair done about why is it so expensive? It's because." I like my hair to look a certain way. It costs maybe $250 to get it done. And I get it done four times a year. And that's in the budget, thousand bucks. It's not going anywhere. If we need to not eat takeout food, you know, ever, I'm getting my hair done. That's a fixed cost for me. And I think that this idea of budgeting can get very fraught because it's like, but this is important. I think it is completely reasonable for you to say, my getaway with my girls cannot be tacked on to a visit with your parents. They're different animals. I know it's going to cost more. We'll find it in the budget somewhere else, but I'm not doing it.
1: I'm kind of on the other side of it, but I also like think like a six hour drive by myself is like fine and I kind of like it. So <laughs> it
0: depends. Yeah. I'm saying sacred circle around that. I'm saying tell your husband to call me. I don't support that at all. Malia has a husband crime adjacent. Okay. My husband goes off keto randomly without notice and will eat the last of some sweet treat that I've been hiding from my toddler. Oh. I'm seven weeks postpartum and have a three-year-old. Of course, I love him more than I love those sweets, but why do I have to prove it?
1: You don't. Yeah. I think those are probably pretty important to you, seven weeks postpartum. You want your calories and your sugar. Those cravings don't go away, right? Particularly when you're breastfeeding. Your body wants what it wants. Even if you're not postpartum... It is such a pet
0: peeve for me. Like, don't eat. My husband, I used to, you know, have the kids like, okay, after the park, let's get home. I got cookies at home and we'll have cookies and a TV show and I would come home and inevitably my husband had eaten all of the cookies. He's like a mouse. I can't leave
1: any food around him. I ate the last piece of pie once with my roommate. Not the roommate I was talking about before. Another roommate. And it was kind of the end. A different crime. It was kind of the end. Like We also went to college together. And at our college reunion, this person brought it up. Like, I'm really sorry that I was mad at you for eating the last piece of pie. I'm like, it's okay. I shouldn't have eaten the last piece of pie. But I mean, talk about let it go or no. We were still talking about that 25 years later. People feel strongly about their sweets. Yeah. Don't eat. Don't finish other people's sweets, I guess, is a lesson. I was recently with family members. Who I used to stay at down at
0: the shore and they were like, remember that time you took the beach pass? And I'm like, (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, no idea. I guess I probably did. So that's another good check in piece. Like if I am holding on to vicious resentment about something that no one else literally remembers, that might be time to
1: let it go. Yes, that might not be serving you. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that time. I'm really going to take this into consideration. The whole like, is the remember that time dot 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 ever serving me if it's not a positive memory? I have something else to say about that. Amy, we'll be right back.
0: mix into your water bottle on the go. My favorite flavor so far, Amy, gotta be the cherry pomegranate.
1: Fresh for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to
0: Lumen.me
1: and use Fresh to get one hundred dollars off your Lumen. That is L U M E N dot M E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for one hundred dollars off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. And now,
0: things moms just know in their guts from the What Fresh Hell podcast. When you see a kid scratching their head, it's never dandruff.
1: It's lice. Listen, it's always lice. When the school calls, it's not going to be good news. People, they're not calling to tell you that your kid is doing a great job in math class. Your kid barfed or maybe pulled the fire alarm. When toddlers are noisy, it's annoying. But when toddlers are silent, they're destroying something you cherish. Move quickly. When your son wants to show you something really cool that he found outside, there's like a 92% chance that thing is going to be gross and or dead. That thing that literally no one in your house can find? If you look, you will find it in under 19 seconds. No
0: matter how much you think you are ready to own a white couch,
1: you are not ready to own a white couch. That white blouse, that's not for you either.
0: This has been Things Moms Just Know in Their Guts from the What Fresh L
2: Podcast.
0: I think this idea of is this serving you is very, very useful to this conversation. And a lot of people, not surprisingly, had complaints about their in-laws because in-laws are extremely annoying. I mean, I get it, but someone brought this one up. And this is something that I have talked about. I didn't ask Margaret about it. I'm almost sure. Grandparents buying too many gifts. My mom lives about eight minutes away and she often stops by and buys gifts. I have told her and asked her repeatedly to please not buy so much or anything. It is difficult because she is also helping with my childcare. We had a bunch of people, Alicia said, mother-in-law brings gifts to my kids every single time she visits at least once a week. So my take on this is that you have to let it go. And someone brought up that I have a rule of threes for problems with behaviors of in-laws or grandparents, and I will
1: restate it here. Yeah, this isn't important because it isn't what it sounds like, I feel like.
0: No, my rule is that three times during your relationship with your in-laws, you can criticize them total three times for your entire relationship, because this goes back when you talk about seminal pieces of information that really changed the game for you. My mother gave me a piece of advice that really, I think about it probably once a week. Don't have conversations with people unless you actually believe it will result in change. And this is not one of those categories. Your grandparents love to bring junk. I'm sorry, but they do.
1: Because they love Your children and what they think the kids will like and might be right about is different than what you want in your house.
0: And I understand the other side of it. You hate the endless earth murder that is plastic garbage, but put it in the closet and give it to some other kid as a birthday present. Receiving junk is super annoying. I will argue strenuously, and I know you're going to come at me on the Facebook page and disagree. It's a constant. It is not a variable. It cannot be changed. And yes, every part of your being that's like the world would be a better place if this stuff didn't exist and I don't want it in my house. I'm sorry. It's not
1: changeable. Donate it and move on. And you don't have to have it in your house. Right. I was just at my friend's kid's birthday party because we're all starting to have like backyard birthday parties now. And the grandparents' brought water pistols to everybody, which is kind of like not their thing, you know, but They let the kids play with the water pistols, and those might not be there a week later. That's not your responsibility. You don't have to create you know, boutique shelving for all this stuff, so it's all there every time. And if you then have a follow-up, I think, from the in-laws saying, where's the accordion I brought them the last time I came over, then you can say something like, oh, we just have limited room for all that stuff, but they really did enjoy it, but I have to rotate some of that stuff in and out. There's just so much. I don't think you apologize for not keeping it.
0: Yeah, and the grandparents are probably not going to say that, and your kids aren't going to notice it gone either. You just rotate it right back out. But I would not use one of my three interactions about how I want my in-laws to behave on that topic. Yeah,
1: I'm with you there. And everyone's done it. It never changes. I would say you got to let it go. Here's the other side of that. Hillary has parents who live about 60 miles away. They almost never call and they see my kids 11 and six, maybe three times a year. They make zero effort to connect with me or my kids. They're not mean about it. They're happy to see us, but they're just absorbed in their own world. And they're vaccinated, P.S., she says. Is it too much to expect my parents to express interest in seeing my kids grow up, or should I let it go? This is can be painful, but Hillary, if it's painful to you, then invite them to the thing. Say, here's the Little League schedule. I want you to pick a game and I want you to drive out and then we'll go to lunch afterwards. They're probably waiting for the invitation or maybe they're not. But if it's important to you, then get it on the calendar. Don't be hurt that they're not making the effort if they're passive and that's how they are and they're not going to change.
0: I agree and disagree. I think that probably from the way I'm reading this, the problem is that they're not that interested. And I have a gigantic family. And within my family, I have people who are super interested in being involved with my kids and people who are significantly less interested in being involved with my kids. And that does not correlate to the closeness of our relationship. I would agree that put stuff in their path as often as you can, but you've got to let go of the expectations that come with that. And, you know, my parents were a little bit more laid back about this stuff. They definitely weren't the kind of parents who were like, we haven't seen them in six weeks. Oh, my God, we've got to come. And I define that as like they're busy people with their own lives and we have some overlap. I think the question you have to ask yourself is like, are you defining that? Missing part in the correct way. Is it like they're interested, they're busy and I'm going to put in their path as many opportunities as possible. And everyone they take, I'm going to enjoy with them. That's how I would try to handle it. Because I think that the idea of like where it goes wrong is when you fill in that gap of they're doing this because they hate my kids and me and they don't think I'm a good parent or they don't, whatever it's, they might be doing it because it's
1: not their thing and that's okay. But wait, because these parents, they see their grandchildren three times a year. Right. It's not never. It's three times a year. And Hillary feels like that's not nearly enough. And you're entitled to feel that way. And other people are also entitled to feel like, yeah, we see our grandkids about three times a year. Like, eh, that's pretty good. Like maybe among their circle of friends, that's pretty good. So I do think that there's a, when you're on the receiving end of this, like, this is painful. They don't care about my kids. They see your kids three times a year. You can have hurt feelings that three times a year seems to be enough for them, but they haven't written you off. So I think you have to think about that.
0: You might want to choose this as one of your one conversations. You know what? We'd love to see you more. Yeah. We'd love to have you more involved with the kids. Can we try to make a goal that we see you once a month? You could try that. But open to the idea. I mean, my dad is of a different generation. And he always speaks about in a slightly different context that like his relationship with his grandfather was completely non-existent, although they lived on the same block. Like he's, (laughs) I can't remember ever talking to the guy, having a conversation with him. He sat in the corner smoking a pipe and we were told to be quiet when we were around him, you know? And so I think that sometimes this is a question of expectations and that, you know, my dad does not have in his expectations that he's, Going to be coming to my kid. My dad, the idea of coming to a kindergarten school play, he would rather be like stuck with needle. That's not interesting to him, you know. Other grandparents in the family, they want to come to every play. That doesn't mean one of them loves the kids yeah. more than the other. That's right. That's tricky and it's something that you should try to keep involved in this equation. Yeah. Well
1: said. All right, Amy, let's go real sticky, sticky wicket here. Okay. Oh boy. We're going into the deep end. So here's one of our listeners. She says her father-in-law was over at their house the other night and basically said at dinner, told my husband and family, who is two little girls, that women do not have an equality problem, that women are not paid less than men or promoted less than men. I told him that was BS. And he said, well, my information was anecdotal and he blew me off. Now, I'm used to that kind of treatment. And I didn't continue to argue the point, but my husband got mad and kept trying to make his dad understand. My husband wants to sit down with his dad and like have another talk with him about this. I think that will make things more stressful.
0: Hard one and something that so many of us deal with. And I think it's hard. You want to stand up for things that you believe in and that you think are important and correct. But in general, I would argue that these things are constants, that there is no conversation that you're going to have with a person who believes this that is going to change their mind. And that, in fact, trying to argue with them to change their mind is not a good use of your time and will not be productive. So in my category of not having conversations that you don't believe will change things, I would put this on the don't do it category, but I would not put it on let it go. And the way that I think we deal with these kind of differences of opinion is that we correct them for our children and in front of our children.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That I think we can say, you know, pop pop believes that, but I believe something very different and your dad believes something very different and that it's important to have these kind of dialogues around our kids and. I don't think that letting stuff go like this in the house is right. I think that you should say, I completely disagree. And then you can move on. So you don't let wrong things stand in your home. But it is not your job to convince other people that they are morons. (laughs) And it's not possible.
1: Yeah. So I would not get deep down into that. I think you're right. You can disagree in the moment at the table in front of your girls, not let it stand, be, oh, I I actually disagree with that. I actually think that that's, but you don't need to say, now, can we have a talk about this so I can convince you that you're wrong about feminism? This person wants to become more well-informed about these issues. That is certainly easily available, but uh, yeah, I don't want to hear it.
0: And I think that if it's something toxic, I'm completely fine with saying We're not going to discuss that in the house. And if you continue to need to discuss it in the house, we're going to have to part ways for the night. We'll see you next time. It's fine to draw hard lines around stuff that you don't want discussed in your home and that you don't, you're not really having a discussion. So I would make a huge effort to say, let's move on to a different topic, which I have done. Mm -hmm. Do, do. And we'll continue to do, you know what, let's move on to a different topic. But then if that doesn't change it and someone is really stuck on wanting to express views that you find abhorrent in front of your children, I would be very comfortable saying, let's not discuss it. You seem to be having trouble letting this go. I do not want to discuss it and I'm going to have to end our meal if we keep discussing it. Let's move on. Mm. You can draw really firm lines around it. Lillian had a nice take on this and she was speaking about this at some point on the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash What Fresh Hellcast. if you want to join our group and talking about having a father-in-law who had views that she found very offensive and that she brought him into the home and says we cared for him in his final days in our home And I was the arranger of his care in the final months of his life. I had to separate the man I loved from his views, hard as that was. And I think, yes, you can keep people in your life who you don't agree with. But what is discussed in your house in front of
1: your children is absolutely your purview. And you should draw those lines. Right. It's your job to protect your family from the toxicity that you might be perceiving. But it's probably not even possible for you to change the toxicity. Or maybe you've already done something by saying, hey, I disagree. Or, hey, I actually think that that, I think, I don't really think of it that way. And I know our kids don't. That's doing more than you realize.
0: Yeah. And it's a good exercise for your kids to hear bonkers views that you can argue smartly against and be like, hey, this is the thing. A lot of older people think that, but we know a little bit better now. So let's talk that through. Yeah. Amy, I think we should leave with the topic of letting it all go because many people expressed okay. this and it spoke to me. Jamie says pretty much everything from the first kid I had was let go for the second. No snacks an hour before dinner was the first snacks on snacks on snacks with the second <laughs> limited screen time with the first baby. Basically a free for all with the second. Now I am at the Ken Jung gift phase of I'll allow it <laughs> and. I think that this is such a good perspective. What we're talking about today fundamentally is perspective, right? Yeah. Is saying like righteousness and holding onto things tightly and being angry at
1: other people does not serve your mental health. Right. If it will make you less happy to hold onto it than to let it go, then choose the becoming more happy. Perfect.
0: Exactly. And that fundamentally when you have to let stuff go, you do. And there's a freedom in that. And I think that this perspective from like young moms saying, you know what, I had it all figured out when I had no kids. And then I had most of it figured out with one kid, but now I have two kids and it's all let go. (laughs) I think it speaks to what we're talking about overall, which is don't hold on to things that aren't serving you. Don't bang your head against closed doors. Don't argue with morons. And in general, I'm team let it go. I mean, don't be a doormat. Don't let people take advantage of
1: you. Stand your ground when you're right. That's right. Stand your ground. Be mad. Right. But don't be mad at people for doing the thing that you knew that they were probably going to do. You can change your relationship towards them, but don't be mad that the person who always disappoints you disappointed you yet again.
0: And try to let go of some of the weight of things if you can. So you're going to transform it to like a bitter stroking Gollum, my precious, I hate that person. Into a little bit more of the like goofing on them with your friends 20 years later and be like, can you believe she made me pay for that lamp? Right. The five bucks in the cab. (laughs) It's totally fine to just goof about the five bucks in the cab. But if you find it taking you over, do a little work on it and try to pour some little water on those flames because that's probably doing you more harm than good. We solved it. Solved it, Amy. Solved it. All right, friends, you know what we're talking to you about right now. It's Toddler Purgatory. Go subscribe to that. You'll have another whole fun podcast to listen to. Yep. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening.
3: Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do?